are listening to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast where all topics are on the table, from brotherhood and faith, culture and wisdom. So pull up a chair and join us as we talk about the things that build us up and make us strong. Welcome back to another Strong Towers Podcast. I am your host, Tom Edwards, and here with me is John Ackerman. And we're going to talk about something that's actually near and dear to our hearts and that uh, we both feel like we are failing in and uh, <laughs> and just had to have a little uh, consolation of each other before turning on the mics. Um, and, and it's something that we've addressed on the podcast before. And actually, uh, the idea came up because we were looking back and, and it's been a little while since our conversation with Alan Arnold uh, on the Wild at Heart team about creativity. Uh, if you go back, you can catch that episode um, actually twice. Uh, we first released it in December of 2020, so it has been a little while since that conversation. Um, <clears throat> and then it was so good that we thought we would put it back out there last summer. Uh, so you can also catch it in June of 21. Um, <clears throat> but John and I, maybe before we talk about the conversation with Alan and, and revisit some of the things that, that he talked about. John, you and I do have kind of this history with creativity, right? We we both mm-hmm. view ourselves as creative people, um, particularly for the two of us that has shown up in uh, creative writing and uh, fiction writing. Um, and so we have a, a bond over that and actually spent time doing that together. Um, but one of the things that we talked about before jumping on here is that the two of us also tend to then pigeonhole creativity into, well, you know, I didn't write any pages in the last apparently 14 months since we talked with Alan, (laughs) uh, you know, and so I, I am failing in my creativity. And so, um, how have you processed in those months, the uh, creativity or lack thereof prior to us prepping for this conversation. Yeah. I mean, honestly, my, my initial, you know, internal response was, well, I've pretty much shelved it since we talked about it. Um, yeah. And we've made joking references multiple times to Mike Lara's much beloved jam board of goals for 2021. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was ambitious enough to, write that one of my goals for 21 was to get three chapters of a fictional story complete. And I remember you, Tom, being very encouraging when we talked about it on the podcast at the time. Uh, Well, that's just, you know, however many pages per week or per month or however far behind the eight ball I was at that point. Um, You know, you you were trying to help show me that the task wasn't insurmountable. And I proceeded to write exactly zero pages. Mm-hmm. of any of those same, chapters same. for all of 21. Um, and and so you're right. I, I think for me, there's still this pull towards creativity is supposed to look a certain way. And there's the immediate diminishment of all the ways in which I am not creative. I am not artistic. I am not a drawer. I am not a painter. I, I have one, you know, in my head, I have one outlet for creativity and it's writing and I haven't been doing it. And so I've not been being creative. And 
when I put this on the list of topics that we were going to talk about <laughs> for season four, right? It was with, I think, the partial hope of maybe this will kick me into gear so that I have something to talk about by the time we get here. And it's just been creeping week after week, closer and closer to the there's nothing else we can talk about before we shift gears. And here we are. And right before we hit record, it was the, all right, so have you been creative? Because I don't feel like I've been creative. And honestly, the conversation we had before hitting record, I think, is just about the conversation we're going to have right now at slightly greater <laughs> length, which was honestly wonderfully corrective yeah, in the best possible way. Well, and I think there's there's two pieces of it. Uh, yes, we have not engaged creativity in the way that we would like to engage creativity. Um, and we, you and I have had conversations about it feeling more like work sometimes than feeling like a creative free time fun endeavor. Um, and so when that mindset kind of sets in, it's easy to push it off or family, the house, actual work there's lots of things going on right and so it's easy to say um and we actually talked with alan about this it's easy to say that you know my energy and my resources are better spent elsewhere and not pursuing creativity for creativity's sake um so there are all kinds of reasons that uh you know we can choose to not engage in that um and Mike talks about this book all the time, but the art of you know, war of art. There we go. Um, by Stephen Pressfield um, puts forth the idea of resistance, right? That, that there actually is this force out there who is opposed to our creativity. And that part of the work of being, creative is to fight against that uh, resistance uh, and that uh, you know parallels a lot with what Alan had talked about in his book with chaos uh, that there is chaos and and really we're called to bring our creativity against the force of chaos um, you know and, and so recognizing that uh, yes there are real things that have been going on in our lives for the last year and and change and so we haven't engaged in creativity um, the way we would like some of that is real and some of that is opposition and you know we just we just didn't do a good job of uh, making the time and and making it a priority to do that um, but I think also, what was very helpful in the conversation uh, that we had around Alan's book is, is kind of reframing. And that's what we did for each other uh, before turning on the mics, right? Reframing the conversation around creativity of, yeah. okay, I did not write a book, but are there other things that I have done in the last year that I am actually engaging, you know, my creative self, Mm-hmm. And I think if, if we start to go down that route, then the answer does change. And it may not give us the output that we wanted, but it does show us creativity. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that so struck me when we got to talk with Alan, you know, now a year and a half ago, uh, <laughs> it doesn't feel that long ago. Um, what was really, you know, it was it was multiple reframings, but one of them was you know, just the idea that creativity is is needed. Yeah. And I remember even asking him in that conversation that it, it so often feels like as we came through educational experiences in school, that the the creative arts, it, w- it was always the plus one, right? It's the electives. It's it's the things that get cut when there's no funding. It's the things that get dropped from schedules when there's no space. It's the it's it's the luxury. Yeah. And he was so quick to reorient that that's you know, creativity isn't subject matter specific. It's all encompassing, right? It's it's anywhere and everywhere that something is being done differently than it was before. Mm-hmm. And I'm amazed at how much of the battle with the resistance to creativity is with simply the recognition of where you're already being creative, right? Be, you know, the if if the enemy of creativity can get you to not create, that's wonderful. But if he can't then if the enemy of creativity can get you to believe that you're not being creative when you are, the diminishment is almost identical, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's the absolute conviction conviction that I'm not doing anything that's any different than anybody else. I'm not doing anything that's of any value compared to anybody else, right? It, it takes you to all these places where what you're doing doesn't matter. And it feels like the essence of creativity is in part what's being produced, but it's as much the effect internally of the recognition that I am doing something of value, whether it's artistic or not, whether it's musical or not, whether it's, you know, writing a narrative or not. It's just whatever you're doing has value and it's making a difference and it's coming out of the most authentic parts of you in a way that's having an effect in the world around you. And so what better ploy than to convince you that none of those things are actually happening. Yeah. I I think if we look at creativity in the essence of creating, Mm -hmm. there's a whole lot more categories that fall into that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I can create a lot of things and that is actually me being creative and, exercising that part of who I am and that's going to be different for everybody just because of our interests and our talents and uh but like you said you know Alan framed the conversation as you know whatever you do we we specifically had the conversation around like your profession right like your day job Mm -hmm. I can't be creative in my day job I'm just an ex right is that profession the same as it was 20, 50, 100 years ago? Well, right. if, it's, if it's not, then someone along the way was being <laughs> right. creative. There are changes that someone came up with, and therefore there are changes that you could come up with of how you're mm-hmm. going to do this your way or how uh, you know, we could improve whatever it is that you are doing. And and so we have a lot more opportunities to be creative than most of us think, because again, we do have that mindset of the creative arts and I need to 
have a pretty picture or, you know, sing a song or write a book uh, in in order to consider ourselves to having created. And also that creativity has to equal innovation and innovation has to equal uniqueness. Mm -hmm. That it only counts as creativity if I'm doing something that nobody else is doing. Yeah. Like, you know, over the summer, I, I built a shed for our goats. I don't know. I was going to say a thousand. I'm like, no, it's way more than a thousand. A million? That still might not be enough. But at least a million people have built a goat shed. Probably just in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not breaking new ground here. But I've never done it. Yep. And the creative, you know, experience of me figuring out how to build a goat shed had an effect on me. And as much as anything else, and that was another thing that Alan talked about that I was really struck by, was that creativity is not always for public consumption. Mm. And that almost sounds like, you know, what you would inadvertently, you know, like when your little kid brings home something that they did at school and you put it up on the fridge and like, that's amazing. And you're like, nobody outside of this family cares. Right. (laughs) And even like we're we may lose this in a couple of weeks to the trash can. But, you know, like they've never done it before and they're excited about it right i've never built a goat shed before and that creative experience did something for me it opened new pathways of thinking right it it opened new pathways of seeing the way that i could use equipment and use tools that i just i hadn't before Mm -hmm. that i hadn't combined in that particular way which then creates outlets for further uses that I haven't considered in the next project. And, you know, just last week, I put the finishing touches on some cabinet doors that I built from scratch uh, for our bathroom. There, there was nothing that we were going to be able to buy off a shelf that was going to fit. And so I had to build it out of, you know, one by four. And I've never done anything like that in my life. And, I can't. I'm not breaking new ground there. There's a gazillion people that have made cabinets and far better than what I made. But again, just the thinking differently was, it might sound overstated to say it was transformational for me, but I feel like, again, there it feels like unless it's groundbreaking, unless it's earth shattering, unless my life will never be the same as a result, it does, but it was transformational because I've never thought those ways until I did. And now I can't help but consider those ways as I think about the next project. And so the effect that creativity has just on the creator to say nothing of any wider audience, I really think we've seriously underestimated. Yeah, I I would agree. You know, I think we get stuck in <clears throat> what we can and can't do mm-hmm. and we don't realize those small places that happen all the time that we pick up a new nugget or do something a different way or uh, decide that we are going to try something new that are new experiences for us and yeah. 
yes, transformational gets thrown around. And so it may seem like a, a big word uh, to use in this context, but, but really that is what you're doing, right? Is, is yeah. you are transforming from what you were to what you are after that experience. Um, <clears throat> and in the process, you, you did get to create something, right? You, you were yeah. thinking through how do I actually make this door? How do I put it together? How do I get all the parts mm-hmm. to work? I haven't done that before. And sure, there's a ton of stuff out there on YouTube that I can watch on how to do this, but none of those videos are actually going to produce the door for my cabinet. Right. <laughs> right? Like, Sadly, no. <laughs> I still have to go out and, and do it. And so that's yeah. that's, I think, the piece that I in my previous efforts to be creative seriously underestimated is the power of like you said thinking differently about something uh, and and I, I still I find it really hard to give myself credit for that being quote unquote creative you know we yeah. talked about um, some of the projects that we have in mind in a couple of episodes back. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned sort of this, this dream or idea that I have to, to build a shed, uh, out on a concrete slab in my backyard. Um, that's like, that's caused me to do a lot of creative thinking. Um, yeah. you know, how do I do this? Number one, how do I do it and not spend a whole ton of money that I don't really have? Uh, building out this shed, right? Can I be creative in use of materials or, um, you know, those kinds of things? Uh, but I look at that most of the time and I say it's a shed. It, like, it's, right. it's a practical utilitarian thing, right? And unless I was yeah. going to paint it funky colors and whatever, uh, probably wouldn't go under the traditional definition of creativity but i'm thinking through things i hadn't thought before like you said um you know recently and and i know you've you've kind of gone through the same thought process um and talked about it on that episode thinking through i i could really use one of these for my shop Mm -hmm. but how how do i make it so that it works for me right i can look at a plan but is that plan going to be actually what i need um which i think is funny just about woodworking in general, right? All these places sell all kinds of plans to teach you how to be creative in working with wood. (laughs) (laughs) Be creative, do our thing. Yeah. Um, But anyway, that's an aside. Uh, Yeah. But thinking through the process of, okay, I see what, you know, what you did there. Can I make it work better for me? Or can I make an improvement that in my situation is actually going uh, to serve me better than what the plan has? Um, and so trying to teach myself to value that as creative thinking without the deliverable of the novel, you know, at, at yeah. the end of the year, or whatever, um, has really been a journey. Yeah. And one I'm not finished with, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, it, and it is a journey. And it's it's such a beneficial one to undertake that I can almost, 
I can hear my inner critic listening to this episode play out and going, why are you making such a fuss? We're just talking about creativity. And like, it's just, oh, I, I, I can't, I can't believe how much I still want to minimize the importance of it. Yeah. I can't believe how much I want to diminish the significance of creating. Right. And I'm, and I'm so glad that, that we're bringing those comparative words up that I feel like it's, it's really easy to just sweep creativity aside as juvenile, as adolescent, as artistic, as something that I am no longer qualified for in one way, shape or form, but creating, I feel like is something that we are all very much created for. Yep. Right. That that's, that's part of our hardwiring is, to leave something of ourself behind, to take what is inside of us and bring it into reality, to to make the the abstract suddenly tangible, to like however you want to frame that, like that is an essential part of human nature, right? As the guy who studied history through college and then taught it for it, like that 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 is human history is the desire to have an impact, to leave a legacy, to make the world better than you found it, or whatever the 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 motive is right the desire to create desire to build something the desire to leave something behind is so fundamentally core to who we are that it's amazing to me that just the change of a couple of letters at the end of that root suddenly turns this from something that is so fundamental to something that seems flighty yeah and I'm, I'm so, I am still so thankful, even as it, is, it was so incredibly disruptive to have that conversation with Alan. I'm still so thankful that we got to have it because I feel like this is one of those fundamental reorientations that I need and that I think a lot more of us than maybe expect need to have reframed and then reframed and then reframed again. And so we'll probably re-release Alan's episode once more, um, not too long from now, only because I, I really think that I have lost sight of so often just how critical creating is and how easily I fall prey to the resistance, the enemy of creativity in believing that I have nothing to offer, that what I have to offer isn't good enough, that what I'm offering isn't unique enough flashy enough whatever the case is and that i should just stop thinking of myself not only as creative but as a creator yeah and so my next question was actually going to be how do we get six eight twelve months down the road from here and not have the same conversation Mm -hmm. again and i do think we need the the reminders. We need those check-ins. Uh, you know, we need to have a conversation like the one that we had with Alan, uh, just over and over again and create that habit. Right. But how do you and I leave this conversation mm-hmm. and feel better or different about our creativity? Right. How do we value what we are doing? while maybe mm-hmm. still having goals or expectations to do something else with our creativity. Yeah. Yeah, I think the first couple of things that come to mind for me is you really do have to give yourself permission 
to see what you've been doing as being creative. Mm. And so, you know, you, I'm sure that, you know, people have heard the, you know, if, if you're, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling like nothing in life is good, then, you know, pause and, and take a moment and be intentional and mindful of, you know, the blessings in your life of, of what's going well. And if you really engage with something like that, it's almost impossible to not begin to find a whole bunch of things that are actually pretty great about life at any given moment, mm-hmm. right? That no matter how bad the, the very real things are that are bad at the moment, there are almost always, without exception, some really good things at the exact same time. And I feel like a similar, honestly, this conversation has been that for me right now of it's been an invitation <laughs> to reframe the way that I'm thinking and to change the way that I'm seeing the things that I've been doing Yep. to shift it from, you know, these were just things on the to on the to do list that I was scratching off to I was creating and I'm not just trying to puff myself up, but I think back to the things that I created and I think about the effect that the creating had it was good and even if what i made wasn't like that goat shed i (laughs) i there are so many ways it could be better right but i think back to what i took away from it and you know the good that has come from it like we have goats and the vet came over to take a look at our goats just see how they were doing because again we know crap about keeping goats and it was really great to learn and this woman knows her stuff i am so grateful that we found her she's amazing and she came to look at the goats and she's like you know you can actually tell if goats are happy where they are and i'm like that's fascinating i didn't know that at all um apparently like their mannerisms will tell you if they're not happy like they'll actually starve themselves if they've been moved to a new place and they don't like it, they'll actually go on a hunger strike to the point of death in protest. I was like, that's insane. She's like, yeah, goats are weird. Uh, And then she looked at this goat shed and she said, this is perfect. It's, you know, some people build them too tall and you know, you can't trap enough heat to keep them warm when it's cold. And some people build them too short and the goats have to like crawl inside and they stifle in the summer. And some people don't build enough ventilation and some people build, and she's like, this is a perfect goat shed. And obviously cosmetically, I built it out of pallets. I built it out of pallets and scrap plywood. It's not painted, right? Like it doesn't look gorgeous, but form and function to have a professional tell me you nailed it. Yeah. Like I, I, I get to look at things differently. I get to see it other than the way that diminishment or false humility or just busyness would encourage me to see it as, yeah, well, you know, we needed a goat shed. So I just, you know, I knocked something out. I don't know what I'm doing. So, you know, I I did something good Mm -hmm. and it has an effect on me, on these goats. It matters. These cabinet doors not setting the world on fire they're not going to get sold on etsy um but our bathroom looks good with this addition yeah and for never having done it before i'm not going to look at those every day in the morning as i walk in and go 
Look at all those mistakes. Like, it's good enough that I'm looking at it going, dang, I did a nice job on that. Yeah. Right? That has an effect. Right? And so I think one of the, the big helps is just pause and have that internal conversation of recognition. Right? And get past that initial desire to minimize and diminish and actually run down the list of what you've been doing where you've been creating. Don't worry about trying to figure out whether or not it fits the category of creative, but what have you been creating? And then consider its effect. Yeah, that was actually kind of going to be my suggestion as well. Almost like a 30 or 60 day challenge just to Mm -hmm. reframe your mind, right? Of at the end of the day, how was I creative today? What did I do differently? What did I do that was new today? How did I think differently today? And not to allow yourself the simple answer of, I didn't get to it. You know, I I didn't do anything that was creative today. But actually, to take the minute, it, it wouldn't take all that long, right? But take that minute to think about how have I been creative? Mm-hmm. What did I do today that hadn't been done before that I hadn't been done before again not trying to you know save the world in one bound right I think there's a lot of value in building that pathway in our own own minds in our own hearts about the value of the things that we do and Um, and getting to see that for ourselves. And so, yeah, I'm totally with you. Just the, the reminders of, oh yeah, yeah, I, I did do that, that, you know, that Mm -hmm. was new and it, it, it mattered. It it made a difference just to me, one other person. That's okay. Mm -hmm. It made a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, looking for places for inspiration in order to then go and create. Um, You know, something else that Alan said was that we don't need you to be the next whomever already exists, right? We already have them. We need you to be you Mm -hmm. and offer what you have. But that doesn't mean don't get inspired, right? That that doesn't mean don't, don't look at anything that anybody else has done. And it has to be completely and totally original and authentic and unique and, or it doesn't count. Right, because there again, that's that's the resistance, that's the enemy of creativity, the the diminishment and the minimizing. I mean, my YouTube feed is so different from what it used to be now, uh, and a lot of it is people doing stuff that I will probably never do, or never do at that level. Um, you know, some of the some of the guys that you know are, are doing. Trim work, drywall work, cabinetry work, framing stuff, um, you know, really detailed woodworking. And I'm watching these guys do things and I'm just, I'm in awe, frankly, I am in awe. And there's always the pull towards, you know, thank God for them because you couldn't do crap like that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and there's probably an element of truth to some of that, right? That, you know, without extensive time and training, yeah, maybe I can't. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there is something to be said for talent. There's something to be said for genius. Um, and, and again, you're not supposed to be them, 
but watching the way that people problem solve in some of these videos, you know, watching the way that people use tools in ways that I never thought to use those tools, um, or even just watching people use tools that I didn't know existed, uh, like it, it helps me think differently. It helps me think differently about the way that I could then approach something that I do need to do, something that I do want to create. Uh, I mean, just the way that my mind has been open to potential ways of restoring this house. I just, I never would have thought of until I saw what somebody else did. And now it's not about me replicating it. It's not about me duplicating it precisely, but it's, all right, I see what they did there. I wonder if I could take a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of this thing over here and do something unique. And not that it then becomes, you know, something that's trending, not that it becomes then the, the new fashion, but just it's a sandbox that I get to play in. You know, there's work that needs to be done and I need to do it. But what if I was able to change the perspective that I was doing it with? from I just need to get this done, I just need to knock this out, I need to do it, you know, yes, there's times to do it by the book, there's times to make sure that it's done correctly, but there's there's so much latitude and so much of what we do that I think really allows parts of us inside to come alive that we don't always let out to play. Yeah, absolutely. So friends, thanks for joining us on this one. Um, if nothing else, this was just cathartic for me and Tom. So thanks for giving us the space to to have this conversation, just the two of us. Um, but really, if, if the initial temptation was to diminish creativity, to just toss it out as I don't have time for that, um, you do. You really do, and it's really needed. You, you have something to offer. You have multiple things to offer. Um, you are made to do things that the people around you aren't. Um, you know, one of the things that Alan said was, and Tom, you echoed it in this episode just now, of you know, that there is no industry that looks exactly the same as, you know, pick your time distance 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. Right? There's, there's been innovation. There's been change. There's been creativity. Right? This isn't just for art class. And so wherever you find yourself, and whether it's at work or whether it's in your hobbies, there's there's an opportunity for what is in you to come out and to have an effect on you and to have an effect on the world around you. And it doesn't have to change the whole world. But if it changes you, that's pretty monumental. And if it goes anywhere beyond that, that's just fantastic. And some of this just begins with changing the way that we think and the way that we see. So... We'd love to hear from you on this one in particular. We say that after every episode, and it's always sincere. But seriously, uh, we would love to hear from you on places where you're willing to risk being creative and where you're willing to risk creating. Um, and if it's something that we can help promote and support, fantastic. If it's something that we just get to be inspired by as well, even better. Um, so get in touch with us. And let us know what you're doing. Um, but as always, thank you all for being part of 
this journey that we're all on together. And thank you for letting us be a part of yours. And we'll see you all next time. Before you go, we just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for being a part of the conversation and taking on this journey with us. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and throw us a like or write a review. All of that helps other people find our show. If you're looking for more, head over to our website, strong-towers.com, and sign up to receive notifications whenever we release new content. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at strong underscore towers. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, We Are Strong Towers, to keep the conversation going throughout the week. If you want to support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash strongtowers for your chance to score some Strong Tower swag and get access to exclusive content. We appreciate y'all, and we'll see you back here real soon.